Well, hello, church. How many of you guys are excited for what God is going to do today in your life? Yeah? You guys are excited for what God is, yes, this year. How many of you guys are expectant for a good year, 2020? Would you clap your hands? Yes, we're expecting this year is going to be the best year yet. God is not done with us. Greater things are still to come. Greater things are still to be done in our church, in our city, in this nation. Can you guys say yes? Yeah, if you believe it, say yes. Yes, I believe it. I'm expectant. I'm excited about what God is going to do. And so I don't know about anybody else, but I'm hungry. Anybody else hungry? The reason I say that is because in case you are new, let me explain. The reason I say that is because we have been on a church-wide fast for this month of January. And if you're just joining us, you're like, but I'm part of the church. I didn't know about the fast. You can still jump in. It's not too late. It's a 21-day fast, so you can jump in at any point in the month of January that you want. Um, and so what we're doing is we're, we're picking something in our lives. For me, I'm fasting. Some people, many of us, are fasting from food. I heard from some of you guys, you're, not, you're hungry just like me. Uh, I'm fasting from meat. I'm fasting from meat, which is actually a very big challenge for me, in case you don't know. I am a meat carnivore eater lover i eat it all i love it very much and so i miss it terribly but um so but you know you might choose to fast from something else um some folks in our church are fasting from coffee some folks are fasting from sweets some folks are fasting from um social media um some people are fasting from fasting i told them that doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way but um, so 21 days, you know, just pick whatever you want. Social media, some people are doing, you know, Netflix and other things. They're just, I'm going to be off social media. I'm going to be off the radar. I'm going to get off the grid just for 21 days. And, and, just, and the reason why we do that, let me explain. The reason why we do that is because we want all of our urges, all of our desires, all of our wants to be submitted to God. And we want God to be our number one urge, our number one desire, our number one want. And so whenever we have those hunger pains, like I do right now, whenever we have those hunger pains, it's to remind us, you know what, I might have this hunger pain, but I'm not going to just do what my body wants me to do. I'm going to do what God wants me to do because he's number one in my life. And so by doing that at the beginning, right on the onset of 2020, we're letting God know, God, you're number one. God, I want you more than anything. God, I'm desperate for you. There's a verse in the book of Psalm 42. It says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you. And that's, that's our heart's cry. That's what, we want, uh, that's what I want for our church, that our church would be, this is our heart's cry. We want God more than anything. And so this is a great time to kick off 2020 by fasting. There's one more verse that I want you guys, the reason I'm sharing it, because I want it to, re, to resonate with you, and I wanted to, want you guys to be thinking about and about these verses as you go out through the week. And the other verse is in Matthew 6, And it says, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. So what a, what a wonderful way to kick off the year right by saying, by doing this fast and saying, God, I'm giving you this time. I'm going to set aside these 21 days. And, you know, you might, you could start today. You could, you know, in a couple of days, you ain't going to make it to the end of the month. But, you know, you could start it at some point and just say, God, I'm going to put this second. I'm going to make this, whatever it is, whatever want, desire, urge, make it second, and I'm going to put you first in that spot.
So that time that I would use to like cook a meal or that time that I would use to be on social media, I'm gonna go seek God. I'm gonna go look in the scriptures. I'm gonna go pray. I'm gonna go listen to worship music. I'm gonna listen to, to other messages from other speakers or from way back at Doral Vineyard when we, you know, the other messages from the ones that I missed or whatever, you know? So you're just dedicating, making it a spiritual moment. You guys, it will not return void. I promise you you're gonna get a good return on this investment of your time. It, you're not gonna come back shorthanded. It's gonna be the best decision for you if you make this decision of fast. All right, so I talked enough about it. I just wanna encourage you guys about it. I, I think I'm kicking it. I'll talk about it one more time and then we'll be done next Sunday because then after that, I think, I don't know if you'll have enough time to make the 21 days, but all right. So you guys ready to, well, I am super happy that you guys are here. So welcome, we love you guys. We love you. We're super excited that you guys are here, and I'm glad you guys were able to make it out today. Um, I, we have some special guests here. There's a lot of you guys. Some of you are new. We're glad. There's a lot of you guys that are back from vacation and stuff, but I wanted to, to, to single out, if I could, Pastor Ray and Pastor Teresa that are in the back there, um, which if you guys want to wave, yeah, they're in the back. I don't know if you can see them, but... They're very dear and near to us. They've been longtime vineyard pastors. So, you know, we're, we're the Doral Vineyard. So Vineyard has a bunch of churches all over the world. And so Pastor Ray and Teresa, they were in the Chicago area for a long time. And now Pastor Ray oversees the missions part of, of Central America, South America. Caribbean, yes, and so missions, and that's really near and dear to my heart. Pastor Ray's been a mentor to me. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, a couple weeks ago, I shared about how I came to the vineyard. I don't know if you guys remember that. Pastor Ray was a pivotal part in me making it to the vineyard, and so I'm really grateful that they're here. They, they showed up to church today. I'm really glad you guys made it out. Uh, they're visiting us from out of town, so it's really good. <laughs> Yay, yes. So, you guys ready to kick off this new series, Precious? You guys ready? Let me tell you what this series is about, okay? So, Precious is, we like zoom out a little bit. For the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at things. Okay, so first, life is precious. God wants you to know that. Life is precious. And with this life, God has given us things in our lives that are super precious that many times we don't really realize that they're precious, but they are, they are gifts from God that, that says, look, this is precious to me and I created you this way. And so today, we're gonna look at one of those things that is precious to God that you may not think is that precious, but it is super precious to God. So if you have your Bibles, I wanna invite you to look right now in Ephesians chapter two, verse 19 through 21. And so the very first precious thing we're gonna look at today is that God created every single one of us. If you are a human being, God created you this way. And the way he created you is he created you with a need. Can everybody say a need? He created you with a need. A need to need each other. God created you with this precious gift of a need to need each other. And uh, let's read the scriptures. Let me tell you how it plays out here in the scriptures in Ephesians 2, 19 through 21. It's also gonna come up on the big screen. You can follow along as well behind me. Here's what God's word says, and I'm gonna need a little help from you guys today. You guys ready to help Pastor Abdi out here a little bit? You're not ready to help me out? Not ready to help me out? Okay, so here we go. Bible says, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of what? Would you all say this phrase aloud? You are members of God's family. Good. I love the way. Can you say that one more time? Because that was good. 
Yes, 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 good. We who believe, we are carefully what? We are carefully... Oh, that was weak. That was weak. All right. You guys, let's get up. This 2020. Let's start it off. Right. Come on. Just because some of you guys are fasting coffee, we might need to just like, I don't know, do something. Give you something else. Dolls use some oil or something. All right. Here we go. We are carefully. Oh, that was better. Becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Now check this out. Check this out. Those of you who are followers of Jesus, if you consider yourself a follower, a believer in Jesus, you are a part, I don't know if you know this, of God's family. You are a member of God's family. He's created you as a member of God's family with a need, and that is to be an active part of his family. You are to be joined together, depending on one another. And yet for so many of us, our goal is to be independent. We live in a country that, 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 that champions people to be independent. And can I just say to you, that is not how God created you to be. If you consider yourself a follower of Christ, a distinctive of being a follower of Christ is that you are dependent upon other people. And so in our culture, not only in our culture, but so many times in life, our goal is to be independent. To be independent. We want to be independent. Yet this is actually not godly. If you think about it, let's think about it. Independent means that you don't need anybody. Independent means that you don't need God. That's a problem because we all need God. God created you so that you could need God and he blessed you with this need and that is you need each other. And yet so many people, they go through life saying, I don't want to take the time. I don't want to open up. And God blessed you with this need. In fact, this is so great. It's so great. When one guy asked Jesus a question, he asked him, he said, Jesus, look, there's 615 laws. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, actually, in church, how there's 600 in the Old Testament, 615. Can everybody say 615? That's a lot of laws. 615 laws that, that were around, that were expected people, followers of, of God, to keep. And so this one guy goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, look, there's 615 laws. That's a lot of laws. Can you just like dumb it down for me? Like simplify it for me if you could. If there's one law, one law that I could keep, can you just tell me what it is? Like, because that's a lot. I, I don't think I could keep all. Just give me the most important. What do you think it is? And so Jesus in Matthew 22, if you want to turn there, it's going to come up on the big screen too. He breaks it down like this. He says the greatest command, the first and greatest command and, and he says is this, Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. In other words, he's saying, look, I want us to be relationally connected to God. I want you to be re relationally connected so that you need him as a father. You need him in your life so that you, you understand that you can depend on him with your heart, that you need him, be loved by him. Love God, he said. And then he said, this is the first and greatest command. And I know you asked me for the one greatest, but there really isn't one, Jesus is saying. There really is two, right? So he says, the first and greatest is this. This is the first and greatest. And, comma, and, I'm not done yet, Jesus is saying. The second is like it. He said, what are we to do? Can you guys help me out? Say it aloud. To whom? We are to love your neighbor as yourself. So you need each other. And yet so many people have a goal to be independent. I want to be independent. 
when God created us with the need to be dependent upon his people and upon him. Now, in our church, we call this our spiritual family. Absolutely, this is us. This is who we are. And this is what we say here at DV. We say, if you are a follower of Jesus, yeah, coming on Sundays is paramount to you getting to know who God is, to you being able to love God and know him and be loved by him. It's a great thing. But we say here at DV that it can't just stay there. You have to take the next step because not only is it important, Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said, and the second is to love your neighbor as your, help me out, as your, yourself. You're following with me. Okay, so how are we supposed to love each other? We do that, what we call here at DV, we call it small groups. And so we say, look, it is imperative, it is vital, it is critical to your walk with God that you be connected with other people who are like-minded as you. And so what we've done is we've cre- we, there's a need in us to grow spiritually, to connect with others relationally. Can everybody say relationally? Yeah, and so in order for us to do that, what we've done is we've created these small groups and we actually have been doing small groups for a, for a couple years now and it's a great thing. And I want every one of you that call DV home to be a part of a small group. I do, I am. I'm, not, uh, I'm smoking what I'm preaching. I just wanna let you know, all right? I am, I'm a part of a small group. We meet every other Friday and it's a great small group. You'll hear me talk a little more about it in a moment. But we have on that wall, as you guys walked in or as you walk out, there's a little, we call our get connected wall, wall out there that has a bunch of different small groups which we offered this fall and we're getting ready to roll out in a couple weeks. You can take a look on your way out if you're like, after this message, you're like, you know what, I didn't really realize, but I guess I need to be a part of a small group. Let me go check out the wall. There are some small groups on that wall that'll be happening again. They'll start, they've been going really well. We have some small groups. If Maritza here, she's still here. Maritza, Maritza has a small group. Um, we have a men's group. Maritza's a, a woman's group. Uh, we have a men's group. We have a couple's group. We have um, uh, different groups going on. We have a, a woman's walking group. I mean, we we have different groups that go on throughout the week, and the point is for us to connect relationally with other people, and I'm going to explain to you why. I'm going to give you two reasons why we should connect relationally. Now, these two reasons, they're a little bit silly, you guys. I'm just going to admit, but you got Pastor Abdi as your pastor. Now, if that isn't, you didn't know this yet. I'm a little bit quirky sometimes, so when I say some of these things, you're going to be like, really? You couldn't come up with something better? No, I couldn't. This is it, all right? So, number one, if you're taking notes, why should we be connected to a spiritual family even deeper than just on Sundays? Why? Number one is because you need a spiritual family that has kitchen privilege kitchen privilege if you're taking notes if you'd like to there's a little card in the seat pocket in front of you you can grab and you can take notes if you want there's a little pen there too you can grab and you don't have to you can take out your phone and take picture screenshots if you'd like kitchen privilege what do i mean by kitchen privilege what i mean by kitchen privilege is do you have somebody in your life do you have people in your life that have kitchen privilege do, 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 can 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 they come in to uh come into your house let's say for example uh, the Amazon guy who comes to my house, it lo- feels like weekly now, I don't know why, what's going on, but anyways, he comes, he knocks on the door, and I open the door, I'm like, hey man, I've seen you like last week, every week, it feels like we know each other, and he's like, yeah man, I got a 15 minute break, can I come in and, and like sit down with you? I'm like, sure, you know, I'm just saying, for example, right, like pretend, all right, so we go in, where am I not going to take the Amazon guy? What part of my house am I not going to take him to? Where? The bedroom. 
I'm not going to take him to the bedroom because who is this guy, right? I don't know him. So he's going to come in. He's going to sit in the, in the sala, in the, in the living room, and that's more of a formal. Hopefully, it's picked up. I got two little boys that run around, popcorn and all that other stuff. Hopefully, it's the most picked up. Anyways, hopefully. So comes in. He sits down. We're having a formal conversation, getting to know each other. What happens if all of a sudden he gets up, walks across our little living room, goes into our kitchen, opens up the refrigerator, pulls out the mayo and the spicy mustard and the cheese and the ham that's spoiled because I've been fasting for 21 <laughs> days, right? But he pulls it out and he pulls out the pickles and he starts making, I'm going to walk into the kitchen and I'm excuse me, wh- what are you doing? Like, I don't know you. Like, you can't just grab my spicy mustard. I mean, that's my spice. What are you doing? Put that down. You can't just open up my freezer and start looking at my freezer section and see what he wants. No, he can't do that. He doesn't have kitchen, what? privilege you don't have kitchen privilege now after service today we're going to come home and one of my family members will probably go into the fridge and if she's hungry or he's hungry is going to grab a sandwich open up the fridge and grab the 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 pickles and grab the spicy mustard and and i if i see them i might even share my brioche bread i love my brioche bread i'll share my brioche bread here you can even have some of this why because they're family and they have what you guys they have they have kitchen privilege right and let me show you in scriptures how this is it's so, it's such a beautiful picture of what I'm trying to talk about, all right? This is in Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through 46. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that all the believers, what were they, you guys? Help me out. They were together. And how much did they have in common? They had what? They had everything in common. They would sell their possessions and their goods, and they would give to anyone as they had a need. Now, check this out. Where did they break bread, you guys? Scripture says that they broke bread there in their what? In their, in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And a lot of you might say, well, uh, you know, I've, I, I've got some good buddies. You know, I've got some good buddies that I know that come over, and they have kitchen privilege. You know, they'll go in, and they'll just grab a drink, whatever they want, in my kitchen. Yeah, but do you have like 10 of those? Because that's what I'm talking about. Do you have 20 of those? Do you have 30 of those that can go in and have kitchen privilege? Because that's what I'm I'm talking about, spiritual family that goes beyond just this normal nicety. You might say, well, I have friends, you know. I know people that, you know, at the gym where I work out at. Or I know people, my kids play soccer with these parents. And, you know, sometimes after the games we'll go out. Okay, that's cool. But have they ever been to your house? Have you ever been to their house? Do they have kitchen privilege? Do, you know, that, that's what I'm talking about, all right? Why? Because, they, you know, they haven't been. They, they, there is something uniquely special when you open up your most intimate dwelling to someone else and say, you know what? My home is your home, right? How do we say it in Spanish? Me. It's tu casa, right? And anything I have is yours. That's when you really form an intimate spiritual connection, saying, please, I invite you into my place. I invite to share my life. You can see the pictures on my wall, the decorations that I have, my life with you. Kitchen privilege. Marie and I are part of a small group. I just mentioned earlier, we meet every other Friday. And this group is a bunch of different people. They've become close friends. They've become family. As a matter of fact, that's where we were for Nochebuena. December 24th, that's where we were. We were all together sharing meals together. We were sharing, and it was too much food. It was way too much. We had all these different spreads. People from China were, you know, that's like who was in our group. And we had Chinese food and all this stuff. But it was awesome. It was great. It was awesome. We, we did it together. We're family. And because we're family, we do life together. Can everybody say life together? 
And what do we do? We do life and we encourage each other. We have a, a couple in our small group who just had a newborn. And they were expressing to our group, not this last time, but a couple times ago, they were expressing to our group, I am so happy that I found this group because I don't have this. I have my high school friends from way back when. I have my kids' friends, you know, parents from my kids' school. I, I have my coworkers, you know, that I hang out with, that we do stuff together, but I don't have this. Well, what is this? It's people who are like-minded me. Like, when I have conversations with some of my coworkers or some of my high school friends from way back when, look, they tell me, oh, well, you just got to do this, 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 and I'm all follower of Jesus now. I don't, do, I don't live my life that way anymore. I don't make decisions based that way anymore. I live my life differently. I've been changed. They don't have the same value system. They don't think the same. They don't even talk the way I talk. And so it's so good to be around a group of people who, who, who they get me. They get my, my walk with God. I get their walk with God. And, and so she was explaining how much she, she was in tears, in tears expressing her appreciation for the group that we have. And it, you guys, God is there. God is there. When you can see that we are helping people, God is there, you know? And so another couple in our small group, they needed wisdom on some financial decisions. And they can't go to their family because their family's gonna be like, well, you just gotta get more in debt. Or you know what, you just gotta sell this and sell that. And as people are fathers of Jesus, look, we're trying to live like no one else now so we can live like no one else later and we wanna be able to live generously and wanna give away stuff, right? That's what, can you say yes? I'm not alone in that. And so we, we wanna do that. And so no, that's not the right decision. If you, know, if you wanna come to us, we'll help you make some you know, sound wise financial decisions we don't know it all but you know four or five heads that have been there is better than one and so we can help make some god honoring calls in your life does that make sense you know the decision is up to you obviously right but we can help you steer you in the right direction right so god has given you a need a need for each other um and and the truth is that we all need encouragement at some point in our lives either we give it or we receive it but that is what family members do and when we have that kind of love for each other then guess what not yet believers people that don't know yet jesus your family members your other co-workers your other friends are gonna be like what why did that person just sacrificially give you that they don't even know you they're not even family oh yeah they are what you don't understand is we're, we're part of the family of God, and yes, they are, and it gives us an opportunity to share God's love and light with someone who's maybe not yet a follower of Jesus. Does that make sense? Say yes, okay. So, um, uh, so yes, so why, why? Because we're a family. We're a spiritual family united around the bond of Jesus Christ. So you have a need. You have a need, and that need is for each other. So the first need is what, you guys? The first need, why we need a spiritual family? Help me out, because we, we need a family. We need people to give them what? Kitchen privilege. The second one, if you're taking notes, is this. You have a need for a spiritual family who accepts the Sprite challenge. I know it's kind of silly, but just go with me. My oldest, AJ, his soft, soft drink of choice Whenever we do allow him to drink soft drinks, which is hardly ever, most of the time is water, but whenever we do allow him, it's Sprite. So I came up with this. It's kind of silly, but I think you'll remember it, okay? The Sprite Challenge. What is the Sprite Challenge? Well, to me, the word Sprite is really close to the words in spite, in spite. And so Sprite 
in spite, you saw what I did there? The Sprite Challenge, okay? What is the Sprite Challenge? The Sprite Challenge is that when you can love someone in spite of them, with all their baggage, with all their brokenness, with all their, uh, what's the word, in, 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 in something, I can't think of, but like the imperfections, that was it. Sorry, I was like, <laughs> where, where am I going? Imperfections, with all their imperfections. Look at Romans chapter 15, verse seven. Let's read this together. Scripture says, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. In order to do what, you guys? Help me out. In order to bring praise to who? You guys are not tracking with me. Everybody say God. God, yes. So do you want to bring praise to God? What do you do? You accept one another as Christ accepted you. Why is it that so many people, they don't want to open up? They don't want to be transparent. They don't want to let other people into their lives. Why is it that people, they don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to rely on other people. They want to be independent rather than dependent. Why is it? Because they've been rejected. Because they have been not accepted. Because they've been judged. They've been rejected as opposed to being accepted. And as a spiritual family, we accept one another. Look, one of the values here at our church, at DV, is that we respect everybody's journey. Everybody's on a journey. Some people are like, you know, right there with God. Some people are on the journey to it, right? But we respect, everybody's on a journey. And we know that, we value that. We love that, we respect that. And so that's what we do in a small group as well. We respect everybody's journey. And so what happens is, that the challenge that, that, it, that happens is that, that we bring our real game. We bring ourselves. And so the Sprite challenge is that we accept people in spite of them. We bring the real deal, just we put it all out there. That's the Sprite challenge. The, the sprite challenge. There, there's a cool story in the Old Testament about this little, little kid who was picked up and dropped on his feet and he became crippled for the rest of his life. They didn't have you know, me- the medicine technology that does to reset his feet, so he had crippled feet for his whole entire life. And in those times, to have crippled feet, it was considered to be a bad, you were a bad person. There was something you did to deserve this crippled feet. And so there's something wrong with you. You're a bad person. Stay away from me. And so he was pretty much this little baby and child grew up exiled from everybody else, right? His name was Mephibosheth. And his dad was a guy named Jonathan. It just so happens that Jonathan was best friends with a guy named David who became the king of all of Israel right? And so David is the king, and Jonathan, unfortunately, dies. And David is like, this is my homie, my Mickey Ricci, we ride till we die, this is my boy, you know what I'm saying? This is my guy. And he dies, and so he's like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I, I want to honor my friendship with Jonathan. How can I honor him? I, I still want to honor his, how can I honor his memory? And so he asked the people in his court, like, is there anybody in the family of Jonathan that is left alive? And they're like, well, no, pretty much everybody has died. Well, there is this one little kid, actually man now, but he's, he's got crippled feet. David, stay away from him. He's got, he's a bad, he's all the way, way really distant place. And David is like, no, 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 wait. That's the one. Go get him and bring him here with me. I want him to be, he's, you don't understand. He's family. He's family. I want to honor him. He's family to me. And so he brings him here, and let's look at the verse here in 2 Samuel, chapter 9, verse 13. And Mephibosheth, 
lived in Jerusalem. By the way, you guys, Mephibosheth, do me a favor. If you have a kid, don't call him Mephibosheth, all right? That's just not cool. It's not hard. He's not going to thank you for that. Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. Scripture says, and he was what? He was still. You see that? Did, is it up there? He was crippled in both feet. In my version, it says he was still crippled in both feet. See, I call this the Sprite Challenge. The Sprite Challenge. Every single one of us, we have messed up. We got our stuff. You've got your deal. I've got mine. You've got your baggage, your issues. We come, and, and, and what we do is with our crippled feet, that's what I call crippled feet, and we come and we just throw our crippled feet up on the table and we show it. We show our crippled feet to others and we say, look, this is who I am. I don't have it all together. In case you don't know, it's not all hunky-dory in the Sayas tribe, in the Sayas family. It isn't. We have issues. My wife and I, the kids, we do. We do life. It's called life. We have that, right? And, and so when we say, you know, this is us. This is who we are. Thank God that someone accepts us as we are. And one of the things I love about my spiritual family, our small group here, is that, that no one's embarrassed by their crippled feet. There's, there was one guy I remember a few weeks ago. I'll never, and it wasn't a few weeks ago. It was a while back, sorry. I'll, I'll never forget, though, the time that he came in our group and he just put it out there. He said, you know what? I love God. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my family. But I have an issue with anger. I get angry so often. I get angry so much. And I know that I've, and I've never hit my kids, never hit my, my wife, but I know, I've, I know I've hurt them. I haven't hurt them physically, but I know I've hurt them in, in so many other ways, and I don't want to be like this, but I, I, I don't know how. And I remember sitting back, listening to him say that, and I was like, whew, that's a courage. <laughs> he just put himself out there. Wow. Um, what's going to happen? And I just watched how men surrounded him they stood up they were all sitting down women stood up surrounded him and they just began to pray and it was a beautiful scene as they were praying for him and he was praying for God's help to not be as angry as he had been and he's been a year it's been a year that his anger he still gets angry but it's nowhere compared to what it was back then you see what I'm saying and and so there was another person I remember there was um there was these ladies that were talking about um, how they, they, they have trouble accepting their image. They don't feel beautiful. They have trouble accepting their, the way they are. And they, there was a couple of them, and they're like, man, we can't be you know, the, the, the women of God that we want to be because we, we struggle with this image thing that we're not who we want to be. And so we prayed for them, and, and we tried to help them. Uh, there was another guy that, like so many people I know, you know, neglects his family for his work. I mean, he's a workaholic and he takes his crippled feet and he puts them up on the table and he says, you know, this is who I am. I prop him up. Pray for me. And we pray for him and he's, he's doing better. He's engaging his family better. Now, you know, it's, it's awesome. And they struggle with this. And, you know, and there, there's a challenge. People have marriage issues, right? And they just put their crippled feet up and we're trying to help them right? And, and a couple of the men, they're not good spiritual leaders, and they're admitting it. Look, I don't, I'm not being the leader that I feel God has called me to be, and, and so we, we're praying for them to help them. A couple of ladies are like, I'm always nagging my husband, and I don't want to be. I want to be more supportive, but I'm always like, ah, 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 ah. you know, I don't know if any, never mind. Anyway, uh, but I want prayer, you know, and so, so, so they prayed for these women, and, and they've said they've gotten, the husbands have said they've gotten better. It's great. And so for the good times, we bring cake. 
For the hard times, we bring Kleenex, right? We do life together, right? And, and so we laugh together. It's a beautiful thing. Kitchen privilege, the Sprite challenge. Now, some of you might go, okay, but I tried that. I went to a small group, and that what you're talking about, that wasn't there for me. It was like, it wasn't there. I wanted to have that group, and it just, it wasn't there. I want to tell you, it's not going to take 30 minutes. It's going to take, you do life together. It takes time. It takes, like any relationship, it takes an investment of your time right? You got to invest in it. You got to put in the work. In any relationship, you have to invest. It's, 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 it's fact, right? Um, I, I made a little formula for us here today so that we could remember this. Um, and here's the elements that will contribute to a spiritual family. Three things. The first one is commitment. The second one is challenges. And the third one is Jesus, is Christ, okay? So CCC, I made it really easy for you to remember, right? Commitment, challenges, and Christ, all right? So let's talk about commitment. Well, I went to that small group, and it just didn't work, all right? That's because you've got to do life together. That's because it takes time. You may say, well, I don't have time. Well, I will tell you that you're kidding yourself because you'll make time for those things that are valuable to you. If you don't have time, then you just don't value people, right? You do not value them. Commitment says, well, you know, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it more than once. I'm going to give it a go, and I'm going to keep trying to go. You know, you say, well, I, I went to this group, and I liked everybody, except there was this one guy that was just, like, weird. <laughs> I want to tell you, exactly. Welcome. Every group has the one weird guy, all right, or weird gal. It just, it happens, all right? And if you're here, you're like, well, I'm a part of a group, and there's no weird people guess what? <laughs> it might be you, all right? It might be you, okay? Um, but there is no perfect group. There is no perfect group. You'll never find that. So you just got to be committed. The second one is challenges, right? One day, you know, someone's, baby's, someone's baby dies, and then the group gathers around, and we help them. One day, some guy that was part of the group suddenly passes away, gets hard, and dies. And one day, someone loses a job. One day, someone's marriage goes through a difficult time. One day, some wife finds out, you know, that her husband is addicted to porn, right? So one day, the husband finds out that the wife is emotionally attached to somebody else, you know? There's a connection to some other guy. One day, you hear the bad news, whatever it is, and you don't know what to do. That's when you need your family, and they're your family, and someone has a need, and you help meet it, and you have a need, and someone helps meet it for you, and you go, you know what? We're family. That's what family does. Kitchen privilege, the Sprite challenge. You need each other, spiritual family, and then after the commitment, the challenge, there's the one. The one is Christ, right? He, it's, it sets us apart from all the other groups that we might have, it sets us apart from all the other little friends we might have. Oh, I have this one buddy. Yeah, but does he know Jesus, right? It sets us apart, and, and it's the son of the living God, Jesus Christ, the one who came that we could live, the only one, the one who came that we could have eternal life, Jesus Christ. So many people today, and, and it's true, like, and you've heard me say it a couple of weeks ago, I said it, and it's true so much in the American church. You know, we emphasize so much about a personal relationship with God. And that is true. It's a great starting point. But when I read this book, when I read these scriptures, what I find more, it's that it's more of a shared relationship, like what we're doing right now. It's a shared relationship with God, right? When I read the scriptures, you know, I read the scriptures where it talks about one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put what? 
10,000 to flight, right? Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Pity the man who falls down by himself and has no one to pick him up, right? Two are better than one. You see that? We have a shared relationship with Christ. And the problem is too many people today and Christians alike, they want to be independent rather than to be dependent. Dependent on him and dependent on people. And how do I know that you go through this too? How do I know that you're going through life being independent? How do I, I'm going to tell you some of your stories. I'm going to tell you your stories, okay? You ready? Some of your stories. What do you do? You drive to work alone. You work out alone. If you read your Bible, you read it what? Alone. If you pray, you pray what? Alone. When you cry, you cry when? Alone, right? And, and God said it's not good that anyone be what? Alone. God has given you something precious, and that is a need, your need, and he's blessed you with this need, this need for each other, and you need him, and he wants us to be joined together in the family of God. So please, don't just come to church on Sundays, and then you go straight home. No, be the church. Be the church. Be the spiritual family of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads and let me pray with you in this moment? Let's pray. Father, Thank you so much for blessing us with this need. Now, God, we thank you that you will meet the need as we actively share our lives with other family members, being your body of Christ. And today, some of you right now, you're going, okay, I see it. I see it. I, can, I understand where you're coming from. I'm, I'm trying to be independent. I get it. And you may have a personal relationship with Jesus, but you say, you know what? But I don't have a shared one. I don't have a shared one. And you guys, you need that. And I'm not talking about, you know, yeah, I've got a friend at work that's a Christian. I'm talking about a community of believers who you do life with in a rich and in an intimate and in the New Testament profoundly self-sacrificing way. Nothing is my own. It's all God's. Anything I have belongs to, to, to you. If you hurt, I hurt, right? If you rejoice, I rejoice. We're, it's family. Some of you would say, okay, I recognize God has blessed me with this need, and I don't have it. God, meet this need in my life. That's your prayer today. You want to commit to it. You want to seek it, and you don't want to stop until God gives it to you. You see your need for that spiritual family. If that's you, would you just stand with me right now? I, I just want to pray with you. Just stand right now. Praise God for you. Thank you for your honesty. I see those people standing. God bless you. We're going to pray right now for those that are standing. Father, thank you for people who are hungry, not just to know you personally, but to share their relationship with you, to be in a spiritual family. God, I pray that you would knit our hearts together with other believers who know you, that we would be transparent, that we would be open, that we would be vulnerable, that we would, we would bring our real selves, our crippled feet, just like Mephibosheth, right? And, and er, everything that we are, that anything we have belongs to you. And so God, if someone else needs it, it's available. God, make us into such a beautiful family that those who don't know you would say, I want what you have. Now God, for those today who will venture out into a new small group, as we get ready to launch these groups in the next couple weeks, I pray you would lead them to the right place. And even on the first meeting, that you would plant the seeds of a spiritual family. 
that weeks or months or even years later, God, we would look back to this moment in prayer with you and we would say, God, you answered my prayer. You put us in a spiritual family. God, meet those needs. Meet those needs. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And as you keep praying today, I know a lot of you would, would kind of echo what we talked about earlier in your life. You might say, you know what? You, you, something is missing. I seem to have so many different good things, so many different blessings in life, but something is missing. And what may be missing is that you really don't have a relationship with God who loves you so much. Maybe you have some kind of image of God like I did growing up. I thought, you know, there are religious people and there are non-religious people. There are people who go to church and then there are people who don't go to church. But I never recognized just really the heart and the character of God. The scripture says he is love. And I want you to think about this. If God is love, he needs someone to love. And that someone is you. He created you to love you, to share who he is with you. And our problem is that our sin, it separates us from a holy God. And so the only remedy to that, God loved you so much, he sent his only son, Jesus. Why? To be the perfect sacrifice for your sins. To remove that barrier. To reveal the very heart of God to you. Well, why, why did Jesus hang out? Who, who did Jesus hang out with? The people who needed him the most. That's who he hung out with. The people like you, the people like me. And there are those of you here, you recognize right now that you don't have a relationship with God and you may know a little bit about him, but you may not know anything about him. You're feeling drawn to him right now and you're like, I don't know what to do. Let me tell you, that is the spirit of God reaching out and drawing you. So what do you do? What do you do with that? Today, you're just gonna give it all to him and you're just gonna say, you know what? I don't wanna be in charge anymore. I want you to be in charge. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. Introduce me to your father. I want to know him in a personal way. I want him to, to, to take the rest of my life. If that's you today, you know it. You can sense it. It's your moment. It's your time to say, yes, Jesus, save me. Change me, God. I, I want to know you. I, I want to be filled with your spirit. I want to be yours forever. If that's your prayer today, would you just lift your hands high right now with me? Just lift it up. Let me just see it. Let me just meet you eye to eye. I see these hands right here. God bless you. I see that hand in the back. God bless you. I see this hand in the front. I see those hands in the back. God bless you guys. <laughs> see these hands over here. God bless you. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. Yes. God bless you guys. You guys can put them down. I see that hand up here in the front. God bless you. Yes. We're going to say a prayer. Nobody prays alone. We're a spiritual family. And I want no one to pray alone. I want us to pray this prayer so that nobody prays alone. So everybody pray this prayer. And pray this prayer like you mean it. Pray it like you're praying it for the very first time. Like there's a desperation in your heart for this, okay? Pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I want to know you. Save me from my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me so I could live for you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. DV, would you just explode with me and celebrate with me? Praise a good God. Welcome those today born into God's family. That is awesome.